Turn with me please to James, the first chapter, and Hebrews, the sixth chapter. In James 1 and verse 2, James 1 and verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, trials, tests, problems, challenges. Do what? Is that natural? A natural response. Is it what you normally see? What do you normally see when people are challenged, tested, tried, tempted? What do you usually see? Yeah, distressed, upset, crying, sad, right? So this is just the opposite of what you usually see. But he told us to do it, didn't he? So just the fact he told us to do it means we can. He knows what we can do and and not do. He wouldn't have told us to do something we can't do. So put yourself there. In your mind, you've just been slapped with some kind of challenge and problem. And your response is, whoo, glory to God. (laughs) I'm just counting this joy. (laughs) Really? How can you do that? Of course now anybody remember the scripture said the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you really do have a challenge and test and trial it's going to take some strength to get through it and overcome. If the joy of the Lord your strength what is the depression of your flesh? That'd be your weakness and it'd be your undoing. What you don't want to do is pull the blind and put a cool cloth on your head and feel sorry for yourself. Because that is the way to go down and stay down. That is not faith. Faith is not sad and depressed. Faith is not scared and worried. Now you'll be tempted to be, but you got to resist it. I said you got to resist it. And count it. All joy. Now, if it just felt and looked like joy, you wouldn't have to count it. Joy. I'm pausing for effect. (laughs) This is the way to live. This is not just some thought that a man had. This is God's direction for us. How can you do this? How can you do this when this is completely the opposite of what most people do? How can you do it? Next verse. Knowing this, this is how you do it. Because you know that the trying of your faith works patience. Patience. We began last week talking about the power of patience. Notice those P's have a pop to it. (laughs) Power. The power of what? No, you didn't say it right. The power of patience. Power. (laughs) Patience. Now, patience has not been a greatly desired thing in the body of Christ. Has it? If you want to say, man, we're having a healing meeting. Everybody come. Oh, they show up by the droves. We're having a prosperity meeting. Oh, they're going to show up by the busload. We're having a patience conference. Everybody come. They might stay away by the droves. Because folks don't have attended to desire it. In fact, you hear all kind of things that Christians say that are contrary. You say, what are, you start talking about patience, people go, mm, yeah, well, I know we need it. I know we do. And it's not my strong point. I mean, I, I know I'm not strong in patience as I need to be, but I, I have other good attributes. And then you hear people say, ooh, now don't pray for patience. No, no. I, man, you, you talk about getting in more trouble than you ever imagined if you would ever ask for patience. That's just foolish talk. 
foolish, ignorant thinking and talking. Patience should be one of the most desirable things to you. And part of it is just not even knowing what it is. Not understanding it. Why should we be interested in patience? Next verse. Let patience have her perfect work. Now the word perfect, when we hear perfect, we think it means flawless. And that's not what this word means. If you look it up, it means like growing from a child to an adult, maturing, growing up, being complete. Let patience have her full developmental work that you may be perfect, complete, fully developed in it and entire, wanting nothing. Why should you be interested in patience? Because it is the key to receiving everything you believe for. Getting rid of this hit and miss. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. It is the key to getting everything you believe for every time. Not my idea. Let patience have her perfect work that you may wind up how? Complete and entire. That sounds like whole. Everything done. Everything come in. Everything finished and completed. Wanting how much? Nothing. Getting to a place where people say, uh, what do you need? You need money? I got lots of money. You need more healing? No, I'm fully healed. You need more peace? I got peace that passes understanding. You need help in your family? Doing the best we've ever done. <laughs> how do you get there? Patience. Patience. Look in Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Hebrews chapter six. I am so thankful. The Lord takes such good care of us, He feeds us so good. Hebrews six and the eleventh uh, verse. 6.11, we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope to the end. That's King James. I might say it like this. Every one of you need to be diligent to stay with it and keep that full assurance and expectation all the way until it's done. Finished. It's not just starting. It's finishing. It's not just beginning, it's completing. Verse 12, that you be not slothful, lazy. You know, it's easier to quit, isn't it? It's easier to give up, but that can be just being lazy, slothful. Ah, whatever. I'm just tired of all this, and I've done that, and I've tried this, and I did that. I'm just, I'm tired of it all. Well, you're lazy. Spiritually. Anybody can quit. And don't think that you're the only one that ever felt like quitting. And was tempted to quit or ever felt weary. Well, nobody, I don't know if anybody's been through what I've been. Oh, you're kidding yourself. (laughs) There's folks who've been through twice as bad and didn't cry half as much. (laughs) The Bible said there's no temptation, there's no trial test that's happened to you, but such as what is common to man. Peter says your brethren throughout the world are experiencing the same trials, same thing. Everybody's going through basically the same stuff. Now the devil will try to tell you, you're a very special, pitiful case. (laughs) But it's all designed to get you to focus on yourself and feel sorry for yourself, which is not counting it all joy. He's counting it all grief and pain. And that's how you will go down and stay down. Nothing new happening to you. Come on, <laughs> Come on everybody say it out loud. Ain't nothing new, Ain't nothing new happening to you. Happening to you. <laughs> it's happened to me. It's happened to your brother. And you see person in front, person in back. No. 
Don't be slothful, but be followers of them who through faith and patience do what? How do you get what's been promised? How do you get to the place where it has come to pass in your life? Not just faith. Faith has a traveling buddy. Where you see one, you'll see the other. They go together. They work together. Through faith and patience, they inherit the promises. We need to define patience because uh, words vary in meaning and usage as the decades and centuries go by. And of course, this was not originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew and written in Greek and Aramaic and then there was Latin and there was this and that and now we got Arkansas slang. And <laughs> how does it all work? <laughs> well, in the Old Testament, the word patience, I saw two basic fundamental meanings. One, and you'll find this repeatedly, is just the word long. What does patience mean? long. And the other word means to bind together. What does that mean? Long and bind together or held together. Well, can you keep it together? <laughs> A long time. <laughs> the New Testament says a very similar thing, to be long-spirited. Or to be long-tempered. It also means an abiding under. That's the same kind of idea, isn't it? Long and a steadfastness. No matter what kind of pressure or issues are coming, you just abide and keep believing and keep on believing and keep expecting and keep on expecting. And having done all to stand, stand. And when you've done that, what do you do? Stand, and what do you do? You and how long can you stand? Long. Somebody say long, long, long time, long time, long. Hebrews twelve says we are to run with patience. Remember that the race that is set before us. Well, that lets you know it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Our Christian race. And what you got to do is settle into a faith pace, a patience pace. You're in this thing for the long haul. And if it was God yesterday, it's God today. And it's going to be God tomorrow. And if it was right 10 years ago, it's still right. And if he told me to do it 30 years ago, he hadn't changed his mind. Right? And it'll still be true 30 years from now. And we're committed to this for the long haul. Uh, There's one word that stands out to me that I think fits this, both Hebrew and Greek, in our modern vernacular. And that is this word, endurance. And you'll actually see it used in the Bible with this. Everybody say endurance. 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 I believe it'll help you if every time you see it says faith and patience, think faith and endurance. Because when people hear patience, there's a religious attachment to it. And when people hear, just be patient, my boy, they think it means to sit back and be passive and do nothing and just wait and see if anything might happen. That's not patience and it's not faith either. It's nothing. (laughs) No. It is endurance. Long. Everybody say long. 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 Now, uh, back to Hebrews. You still got Hebrews 6? He said, through faith and patience, through faith and endurance, that you would inherit the promises. How will you get everything God has told you? Everything Jesus has bought and paid for? The key to being perfect and entire, wanting nothing? Faith, yes, but not just faith. Faith and endurance. It says, For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. 
You know, if he couldn't find any greater, what does that let you know? There is none. Because if there was, he'd know it. (laughs) Saying, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. This is the promise that God gave Abram. We're going to read about it back in Genesis in just a moment. He gave that to him. He said, surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. And they were all shouting in the fullness of it by the end of the month. No, not even the end of the year. Not even the end of the decade. (laughs) And verse 15 tells you, lets you know that. So after he, Abraham, after he'd heard the word, after he'd got the word, and he had patiently endured, he got it. When did he get it? When did he get it? Not just after God said it, but after he had believed it and kept on believing it, patiently enduring every contradiction, everything that looked like it wasn't working, felt like it wasn't working, he endured that. For year after year and decade after decade and eventually he got it. He got it. He got it. This is real faith. And this is how faith works. Is Abraham called our father in the faith? What does that mean to us? The faith that we have is exactly the same kind of faith he had. And it works. Exactly. Like it worked with him. How did it work with him? He heard the word. He believed it. He received it. And. After. He had patiently. Endured. He saw it. He got it. Now, your flesh don't necessarily like this kind of preaching, (laughs) does it? Because flesh is antsy, so impatient, isn't it? There's a little word your flesh just despises, wait. It's a four-letter word. (laughs) Wait, wait. When does your flesh want it? When? When? Now, now, right now. Right now. Don't tell me, wait. (laughs) But when did Abraham get it? (laughs) Everybody say after. After After he had patiently endured. Does faith still work that way? Yes, it does. If everything happened immediately, right away, you'd never need any patience, would you? If everything happened by the end of the week, even by the end of the month, how much endurance would you need? (laughs) But apparently you need some. Go over to the 10th chapter of Hebrews. Hebrews 10 and 35 Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Confidence is another word for faith. And another word for either one is the word persuasion. In fact, if you look up the word translated faith in the New Testament, you'll see that's one of the main definitions, is persuasion. If you believe something, you're convinced of it. You're persuaded of it. Don't throw away your persuasion. Which has great recompense of reward. Recompense is pay. Does it pay to hold on to your faith? Pays big. Great recompense of reward. Verse 36. For you have need of patience. The Bible says you need patience. Guess what? Tell your neighbor, say, you need patience. Got to have it. Why? Why? That after 
you've done the will of God. I mean, the very language indicates there's going to be some passage of time on some things. Because you got this, and, and then after this, you got this, and then you got that. I mean, if it's all happening within a few minutes, none of this applies. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The New American Standard says you have need of endurance so that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Everybody say endurance. endurance. Go back with me to the book of Luke, please, the, the eighth chapter, and notice this. Luke 8, also recorded in Matthew 13, also recorded in Mark 4, is the parable of the sower, parable of the seed. And Jesus is teaching about how that the word is seed and how that the sower sows the word or the seed into different kinds of ground. And these different types of ground represent different types of heart. We know in the natural there's different kind of ground, don't we? There's some ground that's outstanding. I come from uh, Mississippi. And boy, some of that Mississippi Delta land, boy, you can grow some stuff. And there's some great land, you know, up in Illinois and Indiana, other places. You come up growing some corn, man, look out. And there, but there's other places in the country, man, you can't grow anything there. It's just full of salt and full of rock and barren and gets no water. There are different types of ground. And what we're seeing in the Word is, just like there's different types of ground, people's hearts are as different as ground is different. And that's why not all hearts produce results. And a harvest. Not because there's something wrong with the seed. But there's something wrong with the ground. And if you've read it. You know he mentions four types of ground. In this teaching. He mentions wayside ground. And that type of ground. The seed never even got in the ground. It just was on top. And the birds came and ate it up. Before it ever had a chance to get in. And do any good. Then another one was stony ground. Another one was thorny ground. Thorns grew up and choked it out. And the last one was good ground. Now let's just, let's think. Three out of the four got no harvest. No results from the word of God. Is that representative of people today? Yes, it is. I know folks may not like to hear that, but you've got to stay with what Jesus said. Wayside ground, even though the word was sown and they heard it, no results. Stony ground, even though they heard it and received it, no results. Thorny ground, same thing, heard it and received it, no results. No, that means no miracles, no results. But there was one kind of ground. I said there was one kind of ground. Good ground. Not only did it get results, it got 30, 60, 100 fold what was sown into it. Reckon do I have any good ground in this church right here? I believe I'm looking at some good ground. What makes you good ground? What distinguishes good ground from not? Look at this in the uh, eighth chapter. And let's see, about verse uh, 13. They on the rock are they which when they hear, they receive the word with joy. See, I didn't just make this up about being excited when you believe it. (laughs) When you believe something and you receive it, joy accompanies that every time. So they heard it. They believed it. They accepted it. They received it. And joy. But they have no root. Now when it says stony ground, it doesn't just mean that there were some rocks out in the field. 
the, the representation is very shallow soil with rock under there. And that makes sense if it's got no roots. The roots got nowhere to go. It's just rock. We know about that around here. <laughs> you know, down in Florida, they were talking about, you know, how building the parking lot out there how that you couldn't get any rock. They had no rock anywhere around. You'd have to truck it in from hundreds. And I thought, man, we got rocks coming out our ears <laughs> up in Branson. Wish we could just get some of them down. We wound up using seashells <laughs> instead of rocks. <laughs> and uh, it said they received it with joy. And these have no root, which for a while, and the indication is not long. A short while, they believe, but in time of temptation or trial, what happens? They fall away, they cast their confidence away, they get worn, they get weary, they quit, they give up, and how much of a crop did they get? None. None. Why? Not able to endure. How many know if a plant's going to produce fruit, it's got to make it through the whole season? Is that right? It's got to make it through the heat, or if it got a little cool, or if it got a little dry, or a little wet. It's got to make it through the season. And the thing that's going to help it to do that is not just have a little old bitty, shallow, nothing root. It needs to get some roots long. There's that word, long. Long, deep down so when the wind blows it's not going to blow me away. So when it gets dry, I can reach on down where it's moist. And get me some more moisture, right? And I can hang here, not just for a couple of weeks. I can hang in here for months. And if you're talking about trees, years. I was looking at some of those giant redwood pictures a while back. Man, they've been hanging in for centuries. They got roots that go, as they say, halfway to China, man. I mean, they got long Roots. How many of us a child of God is a faith man or woman? You got to have some long roots. Don't you? You got to have some deep convictions. Deep convictions, full persuasion. Do you believe it? Now, what was it? These folks didn't get any results. They heard the word of God. They even believed it. They even received it. They even got excited about it for a little while. And then when it didn't happen soon enough, when it didn't look like it was getting any better, they got discouraged, they got weary, they gave up, they quit, they got nothing. What will assure that you wind up perfect and entire, wanting nothing? Patience, endurance. Look at the 15th verse. What makes good ground good ground? Here it is. That on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart. One of the big things that makes good ground good ground is honest. Honest heart. Having heard the word, what do they do? What's the difference? What's the difference? They keep it. They keep it. Oh man, when you hear a good word from the Lord, you need to be like a 150 pound bulldog. Run over there and grab that verse and go, ka-chomp. <laughs> and it's my verse. <laughs> my verse. And nobody is getting my verse away from me. I'm going to keep keep it. I'm going to keep it. And if you will, you will bring forth fruit with patience. What makes good ground good ground? Honest. You keep it. You bring forth fruit with patience. Look over at the 21st chapter of Luke while we're here in this book. 21 19 21 19 what does it say? 
In your patience, what does that word mean? Endurance. In your endurance, what do you do? You possess your souls. Remember, part of the definition was holding together. Can your soul get away from you? Your feelings, your emotions, weary, tired, upset, everything. What will keep you together? Patience will help you keep your soul. You say, hush. It was true when God said it. It's still true now. He hadn't changed. If what I'm believing is based on what he said, he doesn't change. So I'm not going to change. I remember uh, some years ago, I'd been believing for a particular thing. And it hadn't happened. And it didn't happen for a while. Months passed. A year passed. Didn't happen. Two years passed. Didn't happen. Three years had passed. Looked like I was further from it than when I started trying to believe for it three years ago. And so these thoughts kept coming to my mind, especially more in recent times at that point. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. Well, let's look. You're further from it than you've ever been. What were you thinking? You just had a wild idea. This is not happening. This is not going to happen. It's not working. Phyllis and I were going into a restaurant to have a bite to eat. I told her, I'm going to go in here and wash my hands. And when I went in there, that thought came to my mind again. It's not working, that particular thing. I didn't think about it all day long, every day. But when it crossed my mind, this other thought would come. It's not working. I'm standing there washing my hands. And uh, the Spirit of God, oh, thank God for the comforter. From inside of me, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but from inside me, like you'll speak to any Christian if you listen, came up to my mind, if it's not working, why is he bothering you about it? (laughs) If it's not working, he ought to just be happy it's not working. Done deal. End the story. But the devil is a known liar. A known liar. And if he says it's not working... That's the surest sign in the world (laughs) that it is, that it is. And oh man, I got happy. I thought, yeah, yeah, it's not working, huh? It's not working, huh? (laughs) If it's not working, why do you need to bug me about it like this? How about it is working? It's working so good, it's about to break out and happen. And if you can't get me to quit, there's nothing you can do to stop it. Nothing you can do to prevent it. And that's when I got the song, Hold On. Standing there washing my hands. Came up in me, hold on, hold on. Keep believing. Be strong. Because in a little while, it'll be all right. Hold on. Hold on, and it won't be too long until your faith will turn to sight. Glory to God. I got happy. When I got back to the the table, I'm Phyllis said, wow, what happened to you? I thought, I'm holding on. That's what happened to me. (laughs) I'm holding on. And sure enough, it just a few months later, it happened. Came to pass. Glory to God. Does it pay to believe God? Pays big. But who's going to get the results? Not to people who toy with it, who play with it. Have you ever heard somebody say, I tried that? Had somebody tell me a while back, I tried all that confession stuff. They're saying it right. They tried it, which is not the same as believing it. Trying is not trusting. We looked at this last time, but I want to I want to go over it again just real quickly. The Bible says in Psalms 105:19, Joseph, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. So who's trying what? I tried that. No. It tried you and you failed. It tested you and your faith and patience wasn't there. 
The word's already been tried. It's already been purified. It's perfect. It's going nowhere. It never fails. It ain't on trial. It's you and me that's on trial. Can you see that? Psalm 24.10. Proverbs. Proverbs. 24.10. If you faint in the day of adversity. It's because it was too much. Because God couldn't do it. No. Doesn't work for everybody. No. No. It's because your strength was. (laughs) You just couldn't hang. (laughs) You couldn't stay in there. It got too hot in the kitchen. You got out. And it's nobody's fault but yours. That your miracle didn't happen. (laughs) Well. We just don't understand. Sometimes. It's not God's will. and. No, that's men and women making excuses when things don't happen. But no, when people say, I tried it and it didn't work, they were never persuaded. They were testing it. They were experimenting. They didn't have deep roots. They're not fully persuaded. And when you're not fully persuaded, you can't stand a long time. You're going to quit. And the truth was, you never were persuaded. You were just trying something. It doesn't work for people that tried. (laughs) Selah. Go with me to Romans 4. In the fourth chapter of Romans, in the 17th verse, we read about our father Abraham. Verse 17 says, well, let me read 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. You claim Abraham as your father in the faith? And that's in connection with the faith of Abraham. The You know, 2 Corinthians 4. 13 talks about we have the same spirit of faith. Just like them. They believed and they spoke. We believe. We speak. Faith works exactly the same today as it did thousands of years ago when Abraham's believing God. It works exactly the same. Our covenant has changed. Faith has not. Faith's always worked this way. It's the faith God created everything with. It's his faith. It's a measure of his own faith. And he's training us in it. Faith is not a fad. Faith is not a movement. Faith is how you and I are going to live and rule and reign throughout the ages. Everything you learn about faith in this life, you're going to take with you into the next. And you're going to use it. And it's just going to keep growing and expanding and increasing. And what we can believe for is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Do you believe it? I mean, we're, when the Bible says, my little children, it's not a figure of speech. We are little bitty, bitty ones in the scheme of things compared to God. We've been around that long. And we kind of, you know, got our training wheels on, so to speak, and we're in our little push buggy and the Lord is teaching us how to live by faith how to believe and trust and so we're believing for our toaster and we're believing uh, for for this and how to do this little things and then we're believing for a car and we're believing for a house and we're believing these are little bitty 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 things but everything we learn about believing for them we're going to take it to the next level and if you grow up then you get to where you're not just believing for personal things, you're believing for kingdom things. But don't knock the believing for the car in the house because you learned on that. You cut your teeth on that. And then also, what everything we've learned on in, about in this life, we will take it into the next life and it will just keep increasing. I believe we will be believing for global planetary things kingdom thing come on are you listening throughout the ages and the Lord will tell us to do something and it'll take a whopping amount of faith to do it but by then he'll have us there we can say yes 
I know just in the ministry, Phyllis and I. Oh, this was what, uh, approaching 40 years ago, uh, the Lord dealt with me about an area of ministry. And when I looked at it, I thought, I can't do that. It was 40 years ago. And I thought, man, it kept me up all night. And I still couldn't see how I could do it. Then finally, the Lord said, don't be concerned. By the time you get there, I'll have you ready. (laughs) And when we first started in the ministry, it took all the faith we had to believe for a few hundred dollars and and a thousand or two to get registered at the school and to find us a place to stay, uh, uh, just a a little bitty dinky apartment and gas. It took all the faith we had to believe for gas money every week. And just, we're believing for every little thing. But eventually, that got easier. And the Lord had us believing for this little project and that little project. And and this one cost $10,000 and then this one cost $50,000. And then this one cost $200,000. And then this one cost $3 million. And then this one cost $10 million. And it works exactly the same as believing for a tank of gas. It's exactly the same. It's just if your faith is bigger, it doesn't look impossible to you. When it gets to the place where you think, I don't know about that. It's not that it's too big for God. You just found out where your faith is. It's easy for him. (laughs) The faith of Abraham. See, Abraham didn't know it. But he believed for the resurrection from the dead. He believed for the resurrection of Jesus thousands of years before it ever happened. And that's the kind of faith you got. The father of us all. Keep reading. 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. How did Abraham believed God. How did his faith work? Because it's exactly how ours is going to work. Well, he said God gave him a word. He told him, among other things, I have made you the father of many nations. Now go back to Genesis and the 12th chapter. Let's review where and when and how God told him and how he believed and how it worked. In Genesis 12, Oh, about verse 1. The Lord said to Abram, how does faith come? You can't have any faith in God until you've heard what he said. Your faith can't be separated from what he said. The Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land that I will show you. Verse 2. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you. And make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Verse 3. I'll bless them that bless you. And curse him that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Man this is a great word isn't it? Keep reading. So Abraham departed. As the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went with him. And Abraham was Seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran and he got this word. Go to the 13th chapter. 13 and 14. The Lord said to Abraham after Lot was separated from him, lift up your eyes, look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. Verse 15. All the land you see, to you will I give it and to your seed forever. He's got no kids. But God calls those things that be not. As though they were. And he's able to quicken the dead. Even when it's dead, it ain't too late for him. (laughs) Is that right? 
Say it out loud. God quickens the dead. That includes dead kidneys, dead pancreas, dead brain cells, dead muscles, dead blood cells, dead this, dead that. People say, well, that's dead. Well, glory to God. We know somebody can fix that. We know somebody that can raise the dead. Quicken the dead. Don't we? Relationships. That's dead. Dead. Gone. Thrill is gone. Feelings that go, that'd take a miracle. We just happen to know somebody that does miracles, that can raise the dead, don't we? Sit out loud, he quickens the dead. See, the Bible said he calls those things that be not, and he quickens the dead. He said, all the land, I'm going to give it to you and to your seed. Now, some time has passed since he heard it in chapter 12. God's still talking to him about it. Keep going, verse uh, 16. I will make your seed. What seed? He don't have any seed. God will talk to you about things that don't exist yet in this realm. He will talk to you about things that hadn't happened yet, and he'll keep on talking to you about it. Year after year. Decade after decade. He'll keep talking to you about it. (laughs) Where is it? When's it going to happen? He said, I will make your seed as the dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then you can count your seed. (laughs) Keep reading verse 17. Arise, walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Skip over to the 15th chapter. Now as these chapters are passing, what else is passing? Time. Years. Isn't it? Genesis 15 and 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. Keep reading. Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me? See, and I go childless. You keep talking about what are you going to give my seed. But I don't have a child. I don't have one. And everything I got, this guy that's running my house, Eliezer, he's going to get it. What you going to give me? I don't have anybody to pass it on to. Now, faith is something that's progressive and growing. A lot of times people, they'll jump on something and believe it. But as time passes and they can't see how it's going to happen, your faith is tried. Time tries trust. Keep reading. Abram said, behold, to me you've given no seed. Well, wait up, wait up. He's been talking about his seed for chapters. And Abraham has just been, I don't have any. This is the faith man talking. (laughs) What does that mean? That means there's hope for you and me. (laughs) He said, God, to me, you've given no seed. God's already told him. Your seed, seed, seed. You got more seed than anybody. You got seed like the sand on the seashore. You got seed like the stars in the sky. And after repeated times of this, Abraham comes up with, I ain't got no seed. (laughs) You can't give me a one, God. And this guy is going to get everything I got. I got nobody to leave my stuff to. One born in my house is my heir. It's not my kid. Verse 4. The word of the Lord came to him saying, this shall not be your heir. But he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. Gonna be born of you. Verse 5. He brought him forth. He said, look to the heaven. Tell the stars if you're able to number them. He said, so shall your seed be. Verse 6. And he what? He got a hold of himself. His endurance kicked back in. And he possessed his soul. And he said, I believe every word of it, God. I believe every word. You said it, it will happen. And he counted it to him for righteousness. Can you say amen? Amen. Skip to the 16th chapter. Time does what to trust? It tries it. It tests it. Go to the 16th chapter and the first verse. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bear him no children. (laughs) 
This is up to chapter 12 and 13, 14, 15, year after year after year after year. And she had a handmaid, Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. You know what's coming next. And she said, behold, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. That's not true. He's told them she's going to have one. I pray you, go into my maid. It may be. Oh, saints, watch out for the it may be. Maybe God's going to do it this way. Maybe I can get kids by her. And Abraham said, great, maybe that's it. (laughs) What are y'all laughing about? Beware of maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not faith. Faith knows. It's no maybe. It's based on what God said. Maybe, you know, I don't know. It's been a long time, but maybe we can do this and make it happen. Maybe. See, as time goes on, your flesh gets more antsy and it gets to wanting to try to make it happen. Maybe we can do this. Maybe we can do that's when you're about to miss God. Because your flesh wants to do anything except wait. Especially after it's already been waiting for years. That's the last thing it wants to hear. And so he did. And you know the story. And they got their Ishmael. Genesis 17. Verse 1. And when Abram was what? What? 90 years old and nine. And they got no babies. None. You got faith like Abraham? (laughs) That's three people. I said, you got faith like Abraham? If you do, then you got faith that'll stand and bleed for 25 years and not quit. Even when it looks like it's further and further and further away. Now he had to make some adjustments. We already saw some of them. He said, God, you didn't give me any seed, but he got that adjusted. And even now, see, it may be. So they did the Ishmael thing. Maybe that's it. We got a kid. You know, it's not exactly what we were hoping for, but we we got something going on. <laughs> Keep reading. Verse 2. I'll make my covenant between me and you and multiply you exceedingly. Have we heard that before? 25 years ago. But now is that a long time? 25 years. (laughs) I'm looking at some teenagers in the crowd. And I can tell by their face they're like, that is a long time. (laughs) I'm looking at two more years till I start driving. And if I had to wait 25 years. But that's only because... We are so young. Has anybody noticed that the older you get, your perception of time changes? When you were 10 and 12 and 13, you thought a year. (laughs) But how about now? How about a year now? (laughs) What if you'd been around for a billion millennia? Wonder what your perception of time would be. We don't have to wonder. The psalmist said, uh, what is that? Psalm 90 and verse 4. Put that up on the screen for us. Psalm 90 and 4. It says, for a thousand years in your sight are what? It's like yesterday. (laughs) To God, the passage of a thousand years seems like Saturday does to us. (laughs) This is not some imagination. This is the word of God. So if a thousand years seems like Saturday, yesterday, to him, what would 25 years seem like? 
between when God said to him, I'm making you the father of many nations. He's 75. It's like God said, I'm making you the father of many nations. 25 years. Your seed will be. (laughs) To us, maybe the 25 years seems like a long time. But to God, what would it be like? Well, if a thousand years is like 24 hours, then a century would be like two and a half hours. And a quarter of that would be about 40 minutes. So that 25 year passage of time from God's point would be about like 40 minutes since he told Abraham he made him the father of many nations. Now think about this. What if I told you? You know, God's dealt with me. I'm going to come over to your house and bring you some food. I'm going to pay off this bill or whatever the kind of thing. And you said, glory to God, whoopee, yay, 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 yay. And then in uh, an hour's time, one hour's time, you're telling your family, he ain't coming. Look here, it's been an hour. It ain't happening. Nah, it's never going to happen. Look how long it's been. It's been an hour. <laughs> what does that mean if you throw it all away and say it ain't happening after 45 minutes? What does that mean? It means you never believed it to start with. Because if you do believe it, if you are convinced, if you're fully persuaded, you're not trying it. You're not testing it. You're going to believe this next 50 years, next 100 years, next 1,000 years, which is only like a day. Can you believe something for a day (laughs) without quitting? Well, then you certainly ought to be able to believe it for 45 minutes, 25 years. (laughs) We need to relax. He which believes have entered into rest. He that believes shall not make haste. We need to relax. God's not going anywhere. He's not changing. How many realize this book was here before you got here? It was here before your daddy got here. Before your granddaddy got here. It's not going anywhere. And it's not changing. Question is. Can you and I settle down and believe it and not change and not be moved by what we see or don't see or by the passage of time? Peter talks about these things. So scoffers will come and say, where is his coming? He said he was coming. Oh, they were excited about him coming a thousand years ago. Oh, yeah, he's coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. Well, if a thousand years is a day, that was only yesterday. So he is coming soon. If he's coming in a half a day. Five more centuries. (laughs) It's soon. Half a day soon. Sunday. Our day's already half over. Right? If I say something's happening for the day's out. That's quick. Isn't it? See, the problem is our time perception has been so skewed because we're such little babies to all this. We're such newbies. And our attention span has been about that long. We confess it and possess it and decree it and and claim it. And uh, where is it? (laughs) I've been believing God a long time, a long time, a long time. How long, how long, how long? A month and a half. I've been... Standing and standing and standing. (laughs) No, you're just a little baby patience. little baby attention span. (laughs) Do you have Abraham type faith? Yeah, you do. Which means you can hear a word from God and you can settle into it. And 25 years later. You still believe in the same thing. Come on, keep reading. Go back to Genesis 17. Genesis 17. 
When Abram was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to him. Verse 1. Skip on now. Where were we? About verse 3. Abraham fell on his face. God talked with him saying, keep going. Behold, my covenant's with you. You shall be a father of many nations. Now to God, how long's it been since he first started talking to him about this 25 years ago? Just what? 30 minutes ago. Right? Five? Your name's not going to be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. Is God struggling trying to make it happen? Trying to figure. To him it's already done. It's already done. And if he tells us it's already done, then to us it ought to already be done. We ought to say, hey, if he said it's done, it's done. And the fact that we don't see it or feel it or have any foggy idea how it could ever happen should mean not one thing to us. Keep going. I'll make you exceeding fruitful. I'll make nations of you. Kings will come out of you. Keep going. I'll establish my covenant between you and, and, and your seed after you. Generations. Everlasting covenant. To be a God to you and your seed after you. Keep going. He talks about the possession. The, the land was part of this. Keep going for time's sake. You'll keep my covenant. Keep going. He talks about circumcision. And the rest of it talks about that uh, he did at a hundred years of age. He circumcised himself and his kids. Verse uh, 16 I will bless her, talking about Sarah, and give you a son of her. I will bless her. She will be a mother. You're going to be the father of nations. She's going to be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. And verse 17, Abraham said, you got to be kidding. You got, Sarah, have you seen her lately? <laughs> She's 90 years old. She couldn't conceive when she was 20. She's gone through the change of life and is 90. Abram's 99. He said, ha, ha, ha. Whoa. God, you funny. You telling me a child is going to be born to him that's 100 years old? And Sarah, she's 90. She's going to bear. Keep reading. Abraham said, Oh, that Ishmael might live. Lord, we've helped you out here. (laughs) We got a program in place already. (laughs) We thought and thought how to make your word come to pass. Because, you know, it took so long. We thought maybe, you know, you needed a little help. Because it took so long. Ishmael. God said, Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son and you'll call his name Isaac. And if you look at the rest of the story later on, Sarah laughed about it too. Can you see faith is not just wham, bam, that's all, it's done. It's an interactive thing. It's a living thing. And as God gives you more pieces of how it's going to happen, you may be challenged to believe it's going to happen like that. And even if you have a moment of weakness or questioning, you can get over it. I said you can get over it and you can get settled. Why? Because Abraham and Sarah are in Hebrews 11, the hall of fame of faith. They must not have laughed forever. They got over it. And they got settled into it. Until the 21st chapter... 21st chapter, 21.1. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. Just like he said. Just like he said. <laughs> 30 minutes ago. <laughs> 25 years ago. And the Lord did unto Sarah, just like he said. As he spoke in verse 2. Sarah conceived, bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Keep going. Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Ooh. Circumcised his son, being eight days. Verse 5. Abraham was what? A smooth hundred years old. (laughs) Some things don't happen overnight. 
when his son Isaac was born to him. Somebody say glory to God. Verse 6. Sarah said, God has made me to laugh. It was a happy place at the Abraham and Sarah house. She said, everybody that hears me is going to laugh with me. Go back to Romans 4. In closing, this Abrahamic faith that we have discussed, that the Bible says that we have the same spirit of faith. Abraham, verse 18 of chapter 4, against hope. No reason to expect He expected anyway, believing God, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he's about a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He laughed at first, but it must not have took him long. And he said, well, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't care how old we are. If God said it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And what? And what? Verse 21. Being? Is he trying this out? No. No. You don't try it out for 25 years. He'd have quit a long time ago. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And what happened? Verse 22. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness, faith pleases God. It got God's stamp of approval. I think if we'll get a hold of this and walk in this kind of faith, there could be some folks talking about us in years to come. Amen. Of what we believe for and what God did. You believe it? And if we have to stand 10 years, if we have to stand 30 years, would it be worth it? The Bible said it'll have great recompense of reward. Time's passing anyway. Might as well be believing for something. Right? Years are clicking by anyway. Stand on your feet, saints. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.